episode two of monkey mode presented by super the hardest so if you're new to the show if you're new to this whole thing uh if you didn't listen to episode one uh basically these are going to be short very lo-fi episodes and i'm simply recording uh with a macbook um but the idea is to kind of get them out more frequently than we're able to do super the hardest since we often hear where's the show when are you recording that sort of thing and we don't have a lot of time to do it regularly these days. So, uh, yeah, thanks for, uh, thanks for listening. Um, I wanted to go into a little bit more detail about the whole idea behind the podcast and uh, what I was thinking uh, other than just, you know, wanting to do it more frequently. Um, I also kind of missed uh, interacting with people that we had met over the years and interacting with people who listen to the show. And it's hard to uh, have those people around if we're hardly ever recording, you know. Um, So that interaction kind of fades after a while. I was going through uh, my closet in my home office uh, last week and I uncovered a whole bunch of stuff from the old Team Fremont and Drunken Gamers radio days that... uh, really got me feeling a bit nostalgic and really got me missing um, just, like I said, the interaction of, of uh, you know, talking with you guys who listen. And uh, it made me realize that we met a lot, we have met a lot of really cool people over the years. And, uh, and I miss talking to them and I miss hearing from them. So uh, with that in mind, on the second episode, we are going to talk to one of the original people who, uh, that uh, started interacting with us on the podcast back literally from our first episode of Team Fremont uh, in whatever it was, 2004, 2005, and that is MC Wilson. Um, back then, he was doing a gaming podcast called Broadcast Gamer all by himself. And uh, after our first episode, we posted it, and I think it got uploaded to iTunes, and um, we immediately heard from him um, in a kind of a roundabout way. He posted a link to us on his website, broadcastgamer.com, and he was reviewing other gaming podcasts, or maybe not reviewing, but just talking about them. And uh, and I was checking the referral links uh, one day, and I saw that we had a referral link from Broadcast Gamer, so I checked it out. And his review said we were very enthusiastic, something like that, um, our mic placement was terrible, and uh, he was pretty sure we were GameStop employees, which made us all laugh. So anyway, I got a hold of him and I said, "Hey, thanks for the, you know, thanks for the, uh, the shout out, and uh, the link. Uh, we appreciate it." And uh, within no time, he was a regular. We were hearing from him all the time. I was listening to his show. He was listening to ours, um, and he, for a long time, we kind of said his show was kind of a yin to our yang. Um, he was more reasoned, and uh, and his show was uh, much more professional than ours, and and a much easier listening as listen, as uh, we were just kind of three shouting drunken morons. Um, so uh, I've met MC a couple times over the years. I keep in contact with him as much as I can, 
and uh, he's a great guy. It's always great to talk to him. And so I thought, let's get him on and let's talk about Final Fantasy XIV and uh, whatever else he wants to talk about because Final Fantasy XIV is a game he's very passionate about and in turn he has inspired me to pick up the game and I'm about 40 hours into it. Um, so here it is, a conversation with MC Wilson. about the game uh until you started tweeting about it like like crazily tweeting about it you know passionately are we are we are we recording now (laughs) yeah yeah we're recording okay (laughs) um you started tweeting about it like crazy like all the time and you not only were tweeting about it but you were super passionate about it and uh and so so much that it made me like want to go out and buy it and i did so, what is it about the game that uh, that makes you so happy, you know, that you enjoy so much? All right, well, now that I know we're recording. Yeah, yeah. John, John's a sneaky bastard, listeners. Surprise. Um, so, hi, I'm MC Wilson. Um, you can call me Michael. Uh, some of you may remember me from an old podcast where I talked about all sorts of games. And this year, I have only really been playing one of those games, and that is Final Fantasy XIV. As John mentioned, and what that what the hell is Final Fantasy fourteen? First off, uh, from the name, you can guess it's a Final Fantasy game. It is, however, an MMORPG, and those go back a long way, man. The first MMORPGs I remember playing were in the late nineties: um, Ultima Online, Asheron's Call, EverQuest, uh, World of Warcraft, Dark Age of Camelot. I, I played all those games, and they were fun. But nothing ever hooked me like Final Fantasy XIV did. So I was actually really surprised that this game drew me in. I, I think it has more to do with where I personally was when I started playing this uh, last June. Uh, but it also speaks to how well the game succeeds in some of the same areas that MMORPGs always succeed. <clears throat> it's just interesting thinking about it now um, but, but let me give you a little backstory first. Um, when I picked up this game last June, it was right after a new expansion had just come out. But this game has actually been out for years. Uh, Final Fantasy XIV came out twice, actually. There's a fairly well-known story. Um, many of your listeners may already know that this game came out originally in 2010 for PC. And the idea was that Final Fantasy XIV would be the follow-up to Final Fantasy XI. Final Fantasy XI being a uh, long-running, even at that point, uh, MMO from Square that uh, played a lot like EverQuest and was friggin' brutal in terms of how difficult it was. If you got killed by an enemy, you might actually level down. And I, I think that's the only game I've seen where you can level down uh, if, if you get killed. The idea with, with 14 was that it would not be as punishing. They would try and make it more welcoming to new people. But the team that made that apparently never played World of Warcraft. 
uh, paid no attention to anything that other MMORPGs had been doing. And so they put out a game that not only played like a, a even t- 2010, a really anachronistic product, but it was broken in many fundamental ways. They uh, kicked everybody who was on the team that made it, who was in charge of the team that made it. They kicked all those people off. They issued multiple apologies over the course of two years. They brought over a guy um, who had been working on Dragon Quest stuff, um, a guy named Naoki Yoshida. Apparently, he'd been working on a product which eventually became Dragon Quest Builders. Um, but at, at that time, they brought him in and said, can you... You've played MMOs before, right? You, you've played Ultima Online before. Can you please take a look at what happened with 14 and, and make a recommendation as to how we should proceed? So he put together this task force. They took a look at all the reasons why the game had um, been viewed as a failure and uh, made a recommendation that you guys can either take some time to try and, and make this thing right by releasing patches that improve on this game um, and then just writing the whole thing off because there's going to be a point at which this is completely unsalvageable and you have to abandon it. Or you can scrap it and make a new game. And they decided that they would actually do both of those things, and his, cha- his team would be in charge of doing both of those things. So in the space of two years, uh, Naki Yoshida and his team were simultaneously building new stuff for the original version of Final Fantasy XIV and also making a whole new game, uh, which would be called A Realm Reborn. And uh, most MMORPGs, it takes four to five years to make. He did it in two, and he did it while also supporting another game. Um, ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> and and the, the amazing thing is that when that new game came out in 2013, it was actually really, really good. Um, it played a lot like WoW, but it had a PS3 version right out of the gate that played really well in a controller, which is something that no MMORPG had ever done. And um, that was a game that actually succeeded. It's made good on the promise of Final Fantasy XIV as a, as a product. Um, I played it at that time, and I, I liked it, but... Considering how much the game seems inspired by World of Warcraft, it's it's no surprise that I felt it draining at my time in the same way that World of Warcraft always used to. And and there was a point with World of Warcraft at which I had to push myself away from that game. Um, and I, I when I felt that pull with 14, I did the same. I pushed myself away from it fairly quickly, um, did not come back to it until this past June uh, when this new expansion, Stormblood, came out. I'd heard good things about it. On a whim, I decided to, to get the PS4 version. I tried it, um, and I have played it every night since June. Wow. And uh, there's a command you can issue in the game called slash playtime to see how many hours you've invested. Uh, now, I can only play this game after my son goes to bed, which is after 10 p.m., uh, so I don't play like hours and hours per day, but I have logged over 500 hours um, <laughs> in into this game, which is longer than I think I've ever invested in any game, um, including Tetris. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's insane. Yeah. And there's there's a lot of reasons for that. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like I can just keep talking about this thing. Maybe that was the idea. Yeah, yeah <laughs> absolutely. Keep going. Man. Sure. <laughs> yeah. The thing is that the reason why MMORPGs work is because of that 
that first M, right? The idea is that these are massively multiplayer online games, MMO. The, the massive part for me is the reason why it works. There's, there's a million multiplayer games. Uh, there, there are now. There certainly have been always. But most of them, you unite with other people around an objective. And the objective is either compete with these people or cooperate with them to achieve a goal. But once you have done that thing, you're gone. And if you're not doing something that is in the service of that goal, then you're dragging down your team or you're going to lose. Um, and, and there's no enjoyment for you to be had in either of those scenarios. So no community can form in a multiplayer game that is objective-based. You can go on the internet and create a website and form a community yourself of people who play that game, but that's all on you. What the MMO offers that's different from that is a place where if you log in, you can do whatever you want, and you're always surrounded by other people who are playing the game, but the thing that unites you is the game. You see these other people. There is a community by nature of the fact that you actually see all these other people, but each of you can accomplish your own goal, or you can accomplish a different goal, or you can just do nothing. If you want, you can just walk into a major city and start shouting, hey, has anybody played Monster Hunter? And that is a valid thing to do in that game. Hmm. Um, that is supported by the aesthetics of the world. That is supported by the things that your character can do. Um, it is a, a completely valid thing in an MMO for you to just dick around for an hour. Um, and that's not true in something like Call of Duty. That's not true in something like um, uh, like Overwatch. Yeah, Overwatch. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's always been true of MMOs. I think the reason why uh, me in this case is because there's just not that much of an alternative for me to it when I want a community and a game. Yeah. Not anymore. Um, previously, you know, you and I have been on the internet for probably about the same amount of time. We've been on the internet since the 90s, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. um, and in that time, there's always been a place where you could go uh, if you wanted to be part of a community. They've been small. Um, they've gotten bigger over time, but there's always been some place. First, there were use, use group, Usenet news groups. Um, then there were discussion boards. And now we have... Uh, combination of discussion boards and social media and social media is not a place where communities form uh, social media is a place where you post content that is about you and people either respond to it or they don't but communities don't form there discussion boards um, they're still around there's still many popular ones out there you and i probably follow the same major ones about gaming yep. um, i don't know if your experience has been the same as mine what I feel is that over the past year, especially, um, the focus of most of these places has been rage. Yeah, okay, um, definitely. Yeah, you go there to be angry and to interact with other people who are angry and want you to be as angry as they are. And if you're not, then they'll be angry at you about that. <laughs> um, and so, so posting there is it's like it can be a community, but it's a community of assholes. <laughs> And I didn't want to be part of that. I found that to be a very stressful experience. Yeah. 
take all that stuff away, and what else is there? Um, there, there wasn't much for me. So last year being a kind of tough year for me personally, also I found myself in a place in June where I started playing 14 um, and realized in the process of doing, Jesus, I've been really lonely um, in, in the gaming world because most of the gaming communities that I used to just kind of trust would be there aren't. Um, but here is one. And it's one that is built around a game series that I really love. And it's doing an excellent job of paying homage to the Final Fantasy games that I loved while also taking a lot of the things that I thought worked about those older games and kind of making an interactive theme park out of them. So that's what I like about 14. And I think that's what drew me to it um, originally and what kept me playing it for so long. The more you play that game, though, the more it opens up, the more things that it offers to you, some of which I like, um, others that I don't. But even for the ones, even if I take just the stuff that I like and, and focus on that, I've somehow managed to wring 500 hours of playtime out of this game. Tell me, tell me about maybe a couple things that you don't care for. Okay, so you are playing through... First off, let me let me set the table about this. Uh, the product that is Final Fantasy XIV. If you are somebody that's listening to this and you go out and buy it today, um, here's what you're in for. This game is an MMORPG. It's also very story driven. Uh, you are experiencing the story sequentially as you would with any single player RPG. It's just that there are always people around you. Um, when you go to a dungeon, you can choose to group up with some of those people. Um, and then you finish the dungeon, you finish the quest, you go on to the next bit of story. There are three big stories in the game right now. Each, the first one being A Realm Reborn, which is the story that came with the original game. Um, then there's Heaven's Word, which was the first expansion. And then there's Stormblood, which is the expansion that came out last year. And I have finished all three of those. Uh, you, John, I'd say are about halfway through A Realm Reborn. Um, so I'm going to try not to give away too much stuff sure, sure. Uh, when I talk about it. But what I, what I will say is that um, when you get to the end of any one of those stories, uh, you're going to open up a bunch of stuff that was considered in-game content at the time that that part of the game came out. Uh, when you get to level 50, that's when you start opening up uh, stuff that's in-game content for Realm Reborn, and there's a lot of it. Uh, there's stuff like the Binding Coil of Bahamut, uh, which is a separate dungeon for eight people that has a story of its own. And it was presented as raid content, which means that it's much more difficult than um, the main scenario part of the game. Uh, the, the main storyline of the game is, is much less difficult than Binding Coil of Bahamut. And then on top of that, there are alliance raids, which are for 24 people. And uh, there's one, two, three of those in A Realm Reborn, and there's a few more for Heaven's Word. And there's a, suffice to say, there's a lot of stuff that happens at the end of the game. And that stuff is aimed at the people who are looking for the most difficult part of the game. But it also has, each bit of it has 
incredible aesthetics unto itself. Binding Coil of Bahamut looks like nothing else in A Realm Reborn. Um, Crystal Tower is the only 24-man content in A Realm Reborn. And they all have their own treasure that you can go in and get. And it's it's all really rewarding. And each one of them has their own individual stories that are really interesting. And there's music that you hear in those that you don't hear in anything else. And it's like these things are little games unto themselves. Uh, but playing through them, if you don't have any friends, is a pain in the ass. And even if you do have friends, it's a pain in the ass. Uh, I sent a, an email to you guys about my stuff of the year in which I described end game content as marching band practice. Yeah. Um, and, and it kind of is, it's, you need to know, like I play a healer, right? Mm-hmm. So as a healer, my job is to keep the tank from dying, um, to, to keep the whole party from dying, but especially the tank in order for me to do that. in the most difficult content in the game, I have to predict what the tank is going to do. Yeah. And I therefore need to know what the boss is going to do at all times. Something like, okay, he's at 75% health. Um, this tank is playing like a jackass. So I can assume that this tank is going to try and use this ability, which will nearly get him killed once the boss does this other attack that I expect him to do because he's at 75% health. So I better cast this spell to keep him from dying once he does that dumbass thing I expect him to do. Like, like that level of knowing the fight knowing exactly where people are probably going to need to be at any time and then uh, responding accordingly, I don't find that fun. Right. Uh, and because I don't enjoy doing that, it means I miss out on the great story content, the great aesthetics, the the really amazing stuff like Crystal Tower and Binding Coil of Bahamut that I really enjoy except for the playing it part. Especially since if you play healer, like I do, then when the party dies, you get blamed no matter what. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's what I was thinking when, when you were talking about that. It sounds like if you're not in tune with all that stuff, you're going to get the blame for it, I guess. Yeah. Um, if I had a lot of time to devote to this game, then I probably would learn to get used to the marching band nature of that endgame content and kind of accept it, find a group that's also willing to accept it, um, maybe make a couple of friends out of it. Sure. But that that just starts to feel like, again, that the way I described multiplayer in most games at the beginning of this conversation, where it feels like you're there to support a goal, mm-hmm. and then if you're not doing anything that supports that goal, then you're dragging other people down. And I think i just don't want something that's structured after 10 p.m you know <laughs> yeah so uh, one of the things that i love about the game and that i was a little surprised by is it's you know an mmo so it's massively multiplayer online but i find myself playing just on my own for probably 95 percent of the time that i play um <laughs> And and I was talking to Dave about this because he's like, oh, I don't know about online multiplayer games. I just like playing by myself. And I was I was trying to convince him that he would love this, basically. Um, and I and I, I was telling him, you can play by yourself for most of the game. And I was like I said, I was I was kind of shocked by that. Um, there are times when it just feels like a Final Fantasy game, period. You know, yeah. Except, except you see other dudes running around. You know, other, other, yeah. other, other, other players running around from time to time. 
Um, I think that's pretty cool because I don't think I've ever played an MMO that puts that much focus on just, I, I don't know, but I don't know if focus is the right word, but I guess just allows players to just play on their own as much. You know, a lot of people say that um, when they talk about 14, that it feels like, wow. And, you know, they're not wrong. Right. Um, there are three main roles you can play as a tank, a DPS, or a healer. That's a pattern that WoW established that's fairly well adopted now. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are other things that it does that when you first play, there are people with exclamation marks over their heads. And I go into a town and I rack up a whole bunch of quests, and then I just go out and kill things, and quests just get completed. Um and it, it feels very um, addictive in that way, like WoW does. Yeah. But that's kind of selling it short in regards to the things that it does that it does uniquely well. There is no MMO that plays on a controller this well, just period. Right. Some of the things that they have done to actually make this accessible to console users are incredible. I think that they absolutely should be commended for their UI. As complicated as it is... As much stuff as it allows you and often asks you to do, um, the fact that you can do all this and do it on a controller and and uh, people who are playing on a PC can play with you in the same group and be just as useful on the PC. There are people who play this game on PC and use the controller yeah, uh, because it plays so well with the controller. And you have every bit as much power and flexibility as you would in any other MMO. Um, so that's one thing. But the other thing is, as you said, this is a very solo-friendly game, not only because of the uh, quality of life stuff that it has in there, like the duty finder, uh, where you can say, I, I want to go to this dungeon, let me select from a list. Uh, it will find three other people, and then I will just get brought into the dungeon. Instead of, like you used to have to do back in early WoW, run into a town and start asking people if anybody wants to run Blackwing Lair. Um, it's, it's, it's really convenient, um, and the people that you play with are very friendly, usually. Yeah. Uh, especially I, I, in the I've, early dungeons. I've noticed that as well. Like, I've not found an asshole, <laughs> you know, in, uh, in 35 hours of play. I've not run into just an asshole. Um, everybody yeah. seems very friendly. There was a dungeon that I was in at one point. Um, I forget what it is. Um, but at the end, or toward the end, just before like the big boss fight, um, you're supposed to uh, type in the command, what is it, slash return? Something like that? That brings you back to Oh, the yeah, Hawk Manor. Yeah, that's the one. And I didn't realize it. I wasn't paying attention. And all of a sudden, I noticed my party's all gone. And I'm like, well, shit. You know, and I'm, I'm like wandering around, I'm like, where'd everybody go? <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, and, uh, and so finally I was, I looked at the little, uh, you know, the little dialogue menu on the bottom left and I saw something about the slash return and I was like, oh, I guess I'll try typing that in. And sure enough, uh, it returns me back to the beginning and where I needed to go. And my whole party's just like standing around dancing. <laughs> and, and, uh, and uh and then one guy types in the chat he's like all right there we go you figured it out <laughs> so, you know i mean i was expecting i was expecting hey stupid you know something like that but no everybody's, yeah. everybody's been really friendly in the game so that's been encouraging yeah um so do you mind if i 
I'm not going to spoil anything about the story. No, go ahead. But I, I do want to say something about the last two dungeons of A Realm Reborn, specifically. Sure, go ahead. So the last two dungeons of A Realm Reborn yeah. are the only dungeons in the entire game um, that are part of the main storyline, anyway, um, for eight people instead of four. And they did something with those dungeons that they have never done since, which is that they're full of cutscenes. Okay. Um, you'll you'll run through that dungeon and then you'll get to a part and there'll be a cutscene. And some of them are short and some of them are long. Um, but there has been a problem wherein people will start that dungeon and they'll have a group of seven other people and the seven other people will all want to skip the cutscenes. Um, so you will oftentimes the very first time you do that content, you'll start, you'll watch a cutscene, and then when the cutscene ends, everyone in your party is gone um, because they've been skipping all the cutscenes and they're already at the last boss. And then you, you start walking down the hallway and then a cutscene plays to show the last boss getting killed. And you're like, where the hell was that guy? <laughs> I, I never even got to the room where he was because these, these cutscenes held me up. Oh, okay. Um, so what happened with me is that um, I didn't realize it was going to happen the first time I ran that thing. And uh, I said something in chat. I was like, where the hell is everybody? And, and they all said, oh, okay, we'll wait. Uh, so they waited. And there was like seven people that I'd never met before. And it took me like 10 minutes to get to where they were. Yeah. yeah and and uh, nobody complained. Everyone was very nice. Um, if people see that you this is your first time running it, then... Oftentimes they'll they'll pipe up and say like, "Hey, I, I'm okay if you want to watch the cutscenes," um, because they've been playing this game for longer than you, um, but they still remember what it was like for them the first time they ran that thing. So some people will specifically go back and run old content so that they can be grouped up with people who've never done it before. Sure. Um, and and many times like with Hawk Manor, like the thing that happened to you also happened to me. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Um... Have you watched Dad of Light yet? I watched three episodes. Um, I didn't enjoy it. No, but uh, but you've you've said that you've watched the whole thing and I that you it. I watched the whole thing. I loved it. I don't know what it was about it. Uh, I loved it, um, and it actually I think I watched it before I started playing the game too. So I think between that and you uh, going on and on about how much you love this game. Uh, those two things uh, were, what, were what inspired me to buy the game. So, um, for those who don't know, uh, Dad of Light is a show on Netflix that is um, very much focused on Final Fantasy XIV. Um, so, so, speaking of, uh, if, if, if somebody listening wants to get into the game, what would you recommend? Would you recommend they buy the complete edition or just the Realm Reborn edition? Because um, when I bought it, I bought the complete edition. I found it on sale for a great price and yeah. picked up the whole thing. Okay, so first, if somebody is listening to this and they're thinking, this sounds interesting, uh, the first thing I'll tell you is that this, this game is legit. If you are somebody that liked the Final Fantasy games back when they were in the single digits... Uh, then you should play this. And it's not just because there's so many homages to old Final Fantasy games in there. And there are. There's lots. Um, there's stuff in there like the the very first 24-man raid is the Crystal Tower, which is taken directly from Final Fantasy III. 
a lot of the bosses in there are from Final Fantasy III. The music in there is like modern orchestrated versions of stuff from Final Fantasy III. Um, the raid tier we just finished in Stormblood had bosses from Final Fantasy V. There's a patch coming out on Tuesday that's going to add bosses from Final Fantasy VI. There's all sorts of homages to old Final Fantasy games in here. But the thing about it that makes it, for me, the best Final Fantasy game is exclusive to this game. The ways that it takes the things that worked about those old games in terms of world building, in terms of narrative, in terms of characters, and in terms of fun content that you can do that has nothing to do with story um, and makes it all work inside of a massively multiplayer context. So yes, you absolutely should play this game uh, if you're a Final Fantasy fan. What you need to know, of course, is that this thing will completely dominate your life. Um, if if you invest some time into it, you better be prepared to invest a lot of time into it before you get um, to the end of the story. And even then, there's more story to come. Uh, that's just the nature of the beast with, uh, with an MMORPG. So right now, I might say, like, first go play Monster Hunter. <laughs> um, because that is the game of the right now, and you're going to get a lot of practice there doing things that will carry over into Final Fantasy XIV in terms of grouping up with people, uh, getting used to games in which you have to cooperate with the team of other people, um, and choosing a role on a team of people. Then, once you've done that, <laughs> yes, pick up the complete edition of Final Fantasy XIV. Um, because it has the base game plus the two expansions, and if you don't have the expansions, um, there are a few jobs that you don't have access to, uh, which are pretty fun, like Samurai and, and um, Red Mage. Okay. All right, man. Well, I think we've covered it. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and that, yeah. that was great. Uh, that was exactly what I wanted. So, uh, so thanks for talking to me. Thanks for making the time, John. I know it's pretty late over there. Oh, that's all right. Um, but uh, since I'm, I'm still recording, and while I have you on record, while I'm recording your voice, I, uh, I'm hoping I can get you to commit to come back and just talk about video games in general. I would love to, John. <laughs> thanks for inviting me. Awesome, man. Well, thanks a lot. I'll talk to you again later. Have a good one. You too. Bye-bye. You see, that's why we have MC Wilson on. The guy knows his shit, man, and he's well-spoken. Man, I miss listening to him on a weekly basis, so hopefully we can get him on again. Hopefully he'll, you know, stick with his word. I think he will. Um, so, thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you uh, are at least somewhat interested in Final Fantasy XIV. I'm telling you guys, it's a it's a great game. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, you get a month free, I believe, uh, when, when, when you buy the game or sign up for it. Um, so it's worth checking out. Um, I think it's like 10 bucks a month uh, after that. But I highly recommend it. At least give it a couple months. Um, I'm not really an MMO guy, but man, that game really clicks with me. They did an amazing job, and I'm glad... That, uh, that I trusted MC and uh, decided to jump in. So anyway, that is uh, monkey mode for this time. Uh, 
You can find us on Twitter, of course, at SuperTheHardest. Uh, you can go on our forums or just on our website, MojoMenace.com or MojoMenace.com slash forums. Give us a call, uh, 612-424-3835. And, uh, you know, leave us, a, leave us a review on iTunes, why don't you? What the hell? Um, that's all. So uh, hopefully we'll talk to you soon. Thanks again.